You're listening to the Nutrition by Lex podcast with Alexis Roberts, a dietetic graduate student and soon-to-be registered dietitian. If you're already following me on my other social media accounts, then I'm sure you've heard that I'm taking clients, and I am so excited. If you're struggling with your weight, relationship with food, a specific health concern, or you just need motivation to live a healthier lifestyle, then come work with me. I want to be your accountability partner. Visit my website that I have linked in the show notes and book your free 30-minute consultation with me, and we can figure out the best plan that works for you. Hi guys, welcome back to the Nutrition by Likes podcast. I am here with my friend Ashley. We're going to be talking all about beginner weight training and how you guys can be more confident in the gym. So Ashley, if you just want to introduce yourself and give all the listeners an idea of who you are, what you do, why you do what you do, and all that jazz. So first off, I wanted to say thank you for having me on. I'm really excited. This is the first podcast that I've ever done. Um, So I'm really happy to be here. Yes, I'm excited. Um, So currently, I'm an ACSM certified personal trainer. ACSM stands for American College of Sports Medicine. Uh, I've been training for a little less than a year now. At any point in time, I have 10 to 15 clients that I work with two to three times a week. My undergraduate degree is in a public um, public health degree with a minor in nutrition and food systems. I'm also a full time graduate student, uh, also getting that in public health with a concentration in nutrition. Busy, busy. Love it. (laughs) That sounds kind of like the path that I've gone on a little bit though, just like slightly different degrees. So I definitely get it. You're constantly studying, constantly doing new things. And then now dealing with clients and stuff at the gym, which is so much fun. It really is. You're working with so many different personalities and so many different backgrounds. It is never a boring time at the gym to say the least. Right. Exactly. And like you said, so many different personalities and different people that are coming to the gym for the first time, which is why I wanted to have you on for this episode, because I thought you'd be the perfect person to discuss this and kind of help my listeners and everyone that follows us get a better idea of how to overcome those like first time gym nerves and stuff. Um, Because I feel like I get a ton of questions and DMs and stuff just being like, any advice or tips like on how to go into the gym and not like bail out halfway through because you don't know what to oh, do. Yeah. Cause I feel like that's, <laughs> that's a struggle that we've all been through. You got us all have to start somewhere. Everyone, even trainers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're not wrong. Yeah. So why don't we just kind of start with basically talking about the basics and like what weight training is and why it's important. Cause I know a lot of people are confused of what's considered weight training, what's not mm-hmm. considered weight training. And like, why it's important alongside of like cardio and HIIT and functional training and things like that? Right. That's a great question. So weight training is anything from working out on machines, dumbbells, free weights, squat, bench, anything other, in my opinion, than cardio. So aerobics, things like Zumba, um, typically your bar class, if you're just using your body weight, that's not going to be weight training necessarily in my book. Right. Um, so it's an isotonic form, meaning you're changing the length of your muscle with a force on it. So that's going to be that dumbbell. It's going to be that plate. It's going to be some other force other than your body. And weight training is really important because it improves your functionality. So what do I mean by that? Say you're helping one of your friends move out of their dorm, right? And you have a couch you'll have to move, you have a recliner. Okay, so once you've been in the gym for three weeks or what have you, and you've been doing lunges with weight, okay, well now your muscles are used to moving with weight. And so when you go to move that couch for your friend, it's a lot easier than it would have been otherwise. 
Right. I love that. I love that way you put it. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't really think about what they're doing in the, in the gym to affect their every day to lot, like day to day lives and what they're doing like on a daily basis. Like right. what you just said, like moving an apartment, which so many people are doing right now with everyone going back to school and exactly. then probably be doing again very soon with everyone leaving school because of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people are moving around right now. And that's like a great point to point out that I never even thought of it like that. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. like, while you're saying it, I was just kind of like, that's a really good point. Yeah. So it's about functionality. It's about doing the things in the gym with weight. So when you're doing them in real life without weight or with weight, you can be able to move things a lot better. For example, I have a client who has chickens and she had never stepped foot in a gym before we started working out. And, you know, like four months in, she goes, you know, I was picking up the bag of chicken feed the other day and it was so much easier. And it was that little moment where what we'd been doing worked better for her in life and it improved the quality of her life. She didn't have to struggle to pick up that bag of chicken feed. So it was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So there's a lot of benefits to weight training, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, I also want to touch on the one that everyone is like kind of obsessed over is how it helps you lose weight. Um, so because I feel like that's just like, everyone's always like, so should I do cardio to lose weight? Should I do weight training to lose weight? My overall answer is both. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, but by doing weight training, we know that it builds muscle and by building Mm -hmm. muscle, it increases our metabolism and causes us to burn fat more. Right. Exactly. So whenever, what really happens whenever you're Um, moving weight around and you feel sore the next day, that's because you've created these small micro tears in your muscle. Um, And then once those tears heal per se, that's when your muscles are bigger, stronger. You have that shape that you want to have that we like to call toning. Um, But in order for your body to heal, it takes calories and it takes energy. Just like when you're sick and your body's trying to weight training doesn't make you sick by any means, but when you're sick and your body needs nutrients to heal and it needs calories, right? So when you make those micro tears, you're going to burn calories by building that back up. And like you said, increasing your metabolism because you're going to be hungrier. um, Your metabolism's going up. So by weight training, you're making tears by um, healing those tears, you need more calories. So that's kind of the way it works. It's all the energy and energy out sort of stuff. Yes, that energy balance, it increases your calories used because while you're weight training, you're burning calories in that moment, but then you're also burning calories throughout the whole day. Whereas if you're on the elliptical or running, you're only burning calories in that moment and not throughout the day. Exactly. I love that you mentioned that because everyone, I always get questions being like, so do I burn more calories with running three miles or with doing weight training right. for an hour and it's like you might burn more calories by like running three miles at this one period section of time but when you do right. weight training, you burn calories during that period of time as well as later on throughout the day and throughout the night and to on the next day or whatever like it keeps it long going <laughs> yes exactly that's exactly right yep Right. So, okay. So since we've covered a little bit about like why weight training is so important and why you should do it and why you shouldn't be afraid of it, let's talk about how to not be afraid of it and what you should do if you're nervous and if you're feeling lost when you like are walking into your new gym for the first time, or if you've never been to the gym before at all, and you're just like wanting to try to get started. What are some advice that you have to those people that are listening that are in those shoes? Right. So it can be very overwhelming, especially when you're in a new town, new place. Um, a huge facility, small facility, whatever it is, it's 
easily overwhelming even for trainers. So my biggest tip is to day one, go up to the front desk, grab an employee and say, hey, I'm a new member here. Will you please take a minute and walk me around the gym? Nine times out of 10, they're gonna be more than happy to show you around. I know even when I had my certification, the first day at my new gym, I grabbed one of my then coworkers and said, hey, I'm training here. Can you please show me around the gym? And they did. And so there was equipment there that I had never used before. And I mean, I'm a certified trainer. So um, that would be my biggest tip. And it's not silly. They're happy. It's their job. They're getting paid to show people around to use that equipment. And they want you to feel comfortable. It's a should be a comfortable atmosphere, honestly. Right. Exactly. I feel like for me personally with my, like when I first started going to gyms and stuff, like I was so nervous because like you see all of these people and in the weight section and there's like throwing weights around. They're like talking to everyone. They know everyone. Yeah. It's so intimidated. And I think that's such good advice to just ask someone because especially even if you, if you have been going to the gym for a while and you decide, Oh, I want to try that machine out. Just ask a trainer, ask someone that works there, or even ask someone that you see knows how to use it. Like I know it can be kind of intimidating sometimes to like just reach out and like ask someone to do that. Um, I know some people they're like, oh yeah, my anxiety says no for that or something, <laughs> <laughs> which I can completely relate. Sometimes I get it. Yeah. Like it doesn't hurt to ask and all it's all by asking, all you're going to do is better your fitness journey down the road. Cause you're going to learn how to use a new machine and you're going to work new muscles and build more muscles in different ways. Exactly. And like you just said, if you pull someone aside who just used that piece of equipment, now you have a new gym friend, you know, and then if you see them later and you have another question, well, now you've already broken the ice with that person. So you can just ask them again. And like people who are working out, of course, we're not like smiling the whole time. But if you've noticed, if you turn to someone and talk to them for half a second, immediately they start smiling and the intimidation just goes away. Yeah, so exactly. the most intimidating people are really not that intimidating. No, they're just in the zone and they're getting their, exactly. they're getting their done pretty much. Right. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lot of people are like, no, don't bother me when I'm at the gym. Like I have my headphones on and not talk to me, but I don't think anyone's really going to get offended. If you look over and be like, can you explain how to use this machine to me? Yeah, no. Confused. Like make it like play dumb. If you have to, that's what I would do. I can pull it off yeah. with blonde hair, but like, I'm just <laughs> it's also really complimentary to, to pull someone and oh, say, yeah. Hey, can you show me this? There is nothing like that feeling of someone looking at you and saying, hey, this person looks like they know what they're doing. So you're really complimenting them by asking them to show you something. For sure. Like people might just be like, oh my gosh, yeah, she's asking me like, oh, okay. I'm a big shot. Yeah, exactly. Then their head might go, but you know, it's okay. (laughs) Let let them do it. As long as you get your workout and you figure out how to do what you need to do, that's that's all the goal is. Great. So now now we've gotten in the gym door. We've figured out what we're doing in the gym and we've asked people what to do and we've asked for help. (laughs) Now, now the next step is figuring out when to work, which muscles and like pull days, push days, how to come up with workout splits. Um, what's the best for beginners? What is your opinion on these? How do you personally do your splits? Like what do you, what's your thoughts on all of this? So this is actually can be really complex, but it doesn't have to be. Right. People hear, you know, you'll hear back and buys, chest and tries, pull, push, and we're going to kind of pick through this and sift through for a little while. Um, so we have push. Push are things like a bench press, a um, shoulder press, 
an incline dumbbell press, tricep push down. So it is literally pushing movements. It is what it sounds like. You're pushing things away. Whereas pull, it's going to be things like a pull up, face pulls, barbell pulls, um, dumbbell curls, things like that. But I stay away from push-pull splits because it can be a little bit confusing. So if you take like um, like a tricep extension, well, what is that? Is that push or is that pull? You know, you really have to think. You really have to think about it. It's technically push, but you don't want to think that hard or that far into it when you're just trying to get your workout done. You know, you don't want to sit there. Rebel out on a piece of paper, you know, what are you going to do that day? So what I like to do is I like to split it up into back and buys because that rhymes back and buys, chest and tries. Super easy to remember, super easy muscle groups. Um, For shoulders, I just tack those on to whatever upper body day I'm feeling. And then I like to split up hamstrings and glutes and quads. So that's four days of lifting weights. You need two rest days in my opinion. Right. Um, and you can maybe run once a day. Like if you're really stressed that day and you just need to go for a run, then go for a run, you know, listen to your body. Maybe weightlifting is on the schedule, but it doesn't need to be on the schedule that day. Just do what you need to do. Um, I like to put glutes with hamstrings because you're doing things like deadlifts on hamstring days and hip thrust and hyperextensions, which are going to work your glutes if you do them correctly. Right. Um, so that would really be it. So do back and buys chest and tries, tack on shoulders there to one upper body day, and then split it up into hamstring glutes and quads. I love that. I love that you just like simplified that to like such like four days. And then you said cardio, you would do like one day um, whenever you would really want to. And I like that you said, listen to your body because I know my listeners hear me say it all the time. Listen to your body. Like just because it's a schedule and you have it written down in your agenda does not mean that's exactly what has to happen. I know I even need to take my own advice when it comes to this. Cause like I have a planner, I have two planners actually. And then I have one on my computer cause I'm so OCD and I feel like I'm going to forget something. And I even myself like think like I get off schedule and it like just makes me super fragile. That can even be the case like in the gym. Like if you have a pl- game plan to go in there and do this and say you start with your sets and you're just like, I'm so stressed out. I'm just all over the place. I can't even get my mind right to do this. I just need to hop on the treadmill and do like a quick, like sweat it out cardio session. Then exactly. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You're not wasting any kind of day because although you're in the gym and you don't do your deadlifts that you were going to do that day or your squats and you end up on the treadmill that's more than most people would have done you're still sweating you're still getting those endorphins you're still increasing your heart rate you know it's not a day wasted by any means no not at all like you you make it to the gym you already have a win like you're there exactly (laughs) exactly it's the hardest part And I know that so many of the gyms are still closing. I know for North Carolina specifically, we just extended phase phase two for five more weeks. So gyms are technically closed for another five more weeks. The gym that I go down to in Charlotte is technically a physical therapy gym. So they're allowed mm-hmm. to stay open because they're essential. Um, but a lot of people are probably like, how do I do this at home? So do you have any suggestions? I know I just kind of thought about this one, but do you have any suggestions for like, at home what people can do is there any like at home equipment that people can use um because i know we're saying getting to the gym is the hard part but right now in this time (laughs) you can't really get to a gym because they're not open (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) so i went through this of course too just like everyone else luckily my gym in north carolina has opened Mm -hmm. uh but 
for that month, month and a half time span when we were closed, I only had 10 pound dumbbells and a few resistance bands. So what I'm gonna suggest are isometric holds that are gonna save your life. So that, as much as we hate them, planks. Plank after plank, side plank, um, regular planks, um, wall sits. So that's when you're backing your back up against the wall, you're sinking down into that squat position to where your knees are parallel, you have a 90 degree angle in your legs and you just hold it. And then you can grab your textbooks and put those on your lap as weights. Um, you can also get a five gallon bucket and go outside, put that upside down and do a Bulgarian split squat on that. Okay. Meaning you're kind of in a lunge position. You put your back foot up on the top of that bucket and you just lunge and that is going to work you like nothing else. <laughs> yeah, that'll get your booty and everything back there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else? I feel like I saw someone on Instagram. I can't remember who she was. She was using, um, like, gallons of water to do, like, uh, help me, bent over rows. That is so smart. Yeah, yeah I saw bent that. Over rows done. It might not be, because, like, for me personally, you said you had 10-pound dumbbells. Like, I think the biggest mm -hmm. we have in this household is, like, three pounds. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness, okay. I understand. Just pick up your cat at that point. <laughs> I know. I was like, where's the dog? <laughs> but yeah, so um, I saw someone using the gallons of water and like doing like bent over rows with it. And I was like, that's mm -hmm. so smart. Like, why did I not think that? Yeah. And there really are, is only like 10. I mean, you could really, really, really get creative with it. Yeah. But I mean, if you're going to do stuff properly and functionally, you are really only left with maybe like 10 or 15 solid movements. Right, so, right. but don't get discouraged because gyms will reopen. Will. This isn't forever. <laughs> you're not just going to have to slowly build a whole gym in your home. Yeah. Um, and then at this time, I mean, maybe you could just really get, get good at 5Ks. Yeah, just go for a run. Get the, I mean, hey, we're all stressed from being locked in the house and we're all stressed about going yeah. back to work and going back to school. A run might be good. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yep. All right. So now we've covered all about the push pull days and splits and all that stuff. If you guys have any questions listening, feel free to reach out to us and ask like what you think should personally do for you. I mean, I'm sure. We would be happy to like try to figure something out and work with you. Um, oh, yeah. Because it's hard to come up with that kind of stuff on your own sometimes if you're not used to it. Mm -hmm. So definitely reach out to us. But we're going to move into warm-ups and what we should be doing for warm-ups. And then after that, we're going to transition into um, like what we should be doing after and stretch days and or rest days, not stretch days, <laughs> rest <laughs> days. So what's your opinion on warming up? I know we, we need to be doing it. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Please never skip your warm up. And my biggest tip is do not static stretch before you lift weights. Static stretching is just the classic, let me touch my toes and hold it for 10 to 15 seconds. Let me sit down and um, like, again, reach for your toes. That holding stretch, please, please, please do not do that. You're doing two things when you static stretch. You're one, elongating your muscle fibers, and two, it relaxes your muscles. So when you're lifting weights, I'm gonna go back to a squat for an example. You don't want your muscles to be relaxed during that. You wanna have power, you wanna have good blood flow. So that's really what a warm up means. It means getting good blood flow. Um, and then also too, I know people like to use the elliptical as a warm up, and I like to use this analogy with my clients. Would you ever bench press to warm up for the elliptical? No, so why would you use the elliptical to warm up for a bench press? 
they just don't correlate. Why would you ever bench press to warm up for elliptical? So just don't stay away from the elliptical and do not static stretch. Okay, so then what are we left with? What do we do at that point? Well, I tell my clients to do dynamic warm-ups. So if we're going to do a lower day, I'll shoot them a text before we come in. And I say, hey, we're doing lower body today. So they know that they need to do similar movements, similar lower body movements without weight. So they'll just do dry lunges. They'll just sit in a squat position to kind of feel that out, feel any tension. Um, They'll grab a a bar, a 45-pound bar with no weight, and they'll just do some squats. They know do like a set of 12 or grab a bar and do deadlifts with them. For upper, we're going to do internal and external rotations, grab some bands, grab two and a half pound plates. And with those plates, you can do lateral raises. You can do um, little curls, super slow. Again, getting good blood flow, but we're not stretching any muscles. Um, so really dynamic warm-ups. Stay away from static stretching, and please do not get on the elliptical. <laughs> stay off the elliptical. I feel like that's just such a go-to for people, and they think like, okay, my heart's pumping. I'm warm. I'm sweating a little right. bit. warm. And it's like, that's not necessarily the purpose of it. You don't just, just because you're sweating or your heart's pumping doesn't mean your body's actually prepared for the workout you're going to be doing. Exactly. And again, too, this is a perfect opportunity. I know not every gym has personal trainers, but bigger gyms typically do. So go find a trainer in their off time. I promise you're not bothering them. We don't mind. Come up and say, hey, I'm going to do lower body today. Can you walk me through a warm up? It takes four minutes of our time. And then we've made a new connection. And then now we have a new gym friend. You have a new gym friend. It's a great relationship all the way around. No, I think that's great advice because, I mean, that's you've learned something that you can take uh, and move on to like your other workouts that you do in the future. And then as the trainer, you've helped someone out in your gym, which is a positive, but it's also a potential client. So if there's any trainers listening out here, that's also a very good tip. So, Yeah. Well, I can't tell you how many times a day we are told that by management, like, Hey, go find people who are working out see if they need help. I, everyone in that gym knows me. <laughs> yep, good. That's amazing. I love that. Cause I mean, connection is key, right? Exactly. Yes. What's your opinion on cool downs and stretching after your workout? Because I feel like so many people, and I'm guilty of this myself too, you finish your workout, you get in a rush, you clean all your equipment and you're boom out of there. And you're just, you're ready to move on with the rest of your day and you just don't properly cool down or stretch properly after your workout. Exactly. No, I'm a hundred percent guilty of this too, because I've been there at the gym for four hours. I've already worked out. I've had my clients. All I want to do is leave, go home, clean up my weights, get rid of the gym. But this now is the perfect time for you to get on the elliptical. Now is when you can just calm down. You can stretch on the turf. You can get on the elliptical and just kind of get lost in some Netflix for 10 to 15 minutes. Um, you should use whatever energy you have left at the end for cardio, not start with it, kind of um, backtrack in there a little bit. But if you still have energy after you've lifted weights, then that's good to cool down and get on the elliptical to do cardio. Um, And two, if you want to go home and stretch, because I know that can be kind of a personal thing sometimes when you're at the gym and like, you know, people's personal space. So you can go home after you've like let your heart rate go down and then you can have your protein shake and stretch at home. That is when you should properly cool down. Right. Awesome. I love that you said, um, doing cardio at the end of your workout, if you do have energy left and you want to do your workout, so many people make the mistake of doing, so say they want to go to the gym and they're doing 30 minutes cardio and 30 minutes of weights, which Mm -hmm. a lot of people do. I even tend to do that sometimes. 
so many people make the mistake of doing cardio before their weights because they think, okay, I have the energy to do it right now. I'll actually be able to push through my run and then I'll just do my weights after because it it's not as strenuous and it's not as much on right. your heart. But in the long run, you're not getting as many benefits out of your cardio if you're doing it before rather than if you would do it after because your body's not in fat burning mode until after like, what, 15 minutes of you're doing something. So exactly. if you're doing cardio for 15 minutes at the very beginning of your workout, the first 15 minutes is pretty much just like getting you to a point to where you need to be. It's not really doing much for your body, but with weight training, you're still building the muscle and doing all of that amazing stuff and you'll burn more fat in the long run, but you're warmed up and you're ready to go. So if you finish your 30 minute weight training session or however long you want to do it and go hop on the treadmill, you're automatically in fat burning mode. So you're going to get more out of it. Yep, exactly. Yep. Like you said, and your heart rate's kind of up there already. So then you can just pump it out. You're warmed up, you're feeling good, and your muscles aren't going to be as fatigued as they would be if you did your cardio first. Like you want to have that power for moving those weights. You don't want to feel weak again when there's uh, what 115 pounds on your back and you're squatting. You don't want to be weak from spending 30 minutes on the treadmill. You want to be strong. It's okay to feel a little weak or a little jello legged on the elliptical after you've lifted weights. Right, exactly. But I guarantee you, you guys, like if you switched the pattern of doing that, like if you switch pattern, do your cardio afterwards, you're going to burn fat so much easier. Like it's going to be mm-hmm. a game changer to your workouts and you'll notice a difference. Cause I used to do it the other way around until one of my trainers made a comment about it. She was like, why are you running before? You're not even burning. Fat <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? I was like, I'm not. I was like, so taken back by it. And she was like, yeah. And so whenever I like switched it around, I really did see a difference. And I maybe didn't be able to run as far on the treadmill afterwards because I was a little bit more fatigued and stuff. But I knew like I'd hit my limit. Like I, that's all mm-hmm. I needed to do. That was completely okay with me. But it does change the game. And you, you, you do, especially with building the muscle and burning the fat at the same time, you really like shred down pretty quickly. And it, it's, it was a positive change for me at least. Oh yeah. No, hundred percent. I used to do that in college too for a long time. I would spend like you just said, my first 30 minutes and I was like, I'm going to get this out the way. I'm motivated. I'm just going to run. And then I would be so exhausted for my weightlifting. I would never have a successful weightlifting session ever until I switched it up. And truly it's life-changing. You don't believe us. Just try it one time yep. and then keep doing it though. <laughs> don't just try it one time. Keep doing it. Yeah. I like that you said, like, just get it out of the way. Cause that was always my mindset. It's like, just, yeah. just do it. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So now moving on to rest days and why they're important. I know I preach about rest days a lot on my like Instagram and TikTok and stuff. Um, it's super, super important to do rest days because I know a lot of people listening, you probably think no days off. You got to take, just go, 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 go. I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to do this. I want to hit my goal. I'm going to just no days off. And it's, it's actually not doing you any good. It's actually hurting you by not taking any days mm-hmm. off. It, it benefits you a lot to have, like you said, you like to have two rest days, um, which is typically what I do as well. And I normally do them back to back on the weekend just because the way it happens. Maybe not oh, me too. Back to back. <laughs> but it happens on like Saturdays and Sundays. I'm like, meh, these are my rest days. Yeah. Those are just the easiest days to take for sure. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Especially when you have like things to do with like your family and friends. Um, so what's your opinion on rest days? Um, So they're vital. If you want to get anywhere, if you want to see any progress, no doubt you have to have rest days. Like we talked about earlier, when you're weightlifting, you are making these little small muscle tears, um, truly like micro tears in your muscles. Well, if you don't rest, those aren't going to heal. And if those aren't healing, you're going to be so fatigued. You're going to have no motivation to go to the gym. 
you're going to hate the gym for a little while. Um, you're just not going to have productive workouts. You're going to be stressing your body, um, like truly putting stress on your body. And what happens when we're stressed, your immune system goes down. You're more likely to be sick. Um, lots and lots of negative things. It's kind of like broccoli. We know that broccoli is good for us, but if you eat tons and tons of broccoli every day, what's going to happen? You're going to get so sick of this broccoli. You're going to be so bloated. You're just not going to feel good. So although broccoli and weightlifting are good for us, we don't need to do it or eat it every single day. Exactly. Yeah. And I want to make a point for you guys, like just like scientifically and anatomy physiology aspect mm -hmm. of it, your muscles will not build up if you don't give them days to recover. Mm -hmm. like, like she said at the very beginning, I know you mentioned something about your muscles being torn down and like the, the micro tears that are happening in the muscles. If they're just, if you're constantly doing weights day after day after day, you're just constantly tearing it down, tearing it down, right? tearing it down. And they're having that short period of time between when you're not at the gym. So like overnight and stuff to recover and build back up, but they still need longer than eight hours to build back up and recover. They need a full day to be able to build back up because if you're just tearing it down, tearing it down, tearing it down, it's never going to actually build to see the results that you want to see. So you've got to give your muscles those days to rebuild those micro or what are they called? Uh, yeah, like right, micro tears. Is it micro tears? Okay. I was about to say. Yeah, that's what I refer to them as. <laughs> okay, micro tears. Yeah, they've got to be able to like build back up. And from those workouts, and if you're fueling your body right, they're going to build back up and they're going to be even bigger than they were before, hence the growth size of muscles. And that's how it happens. Um, also, I want to go back to the splits. This is why splitting your days up into um, back and buys, excuse me, yeah, back and buys, chest and tries, hamstrings, quads. If you're splitting them up and every Monday you're doing hamstrings and you don't do hamstrings again until the next Monday, guess what? Your hamstrings have fully recovered. That's awesome. You can do them again. So if you're constantly doing full body, full body, full body, Zumba class, Zumba class, Zumba class, like they're never going to heal because you're doing the same thing every day. So that's really, really important to isolate certain muscle groups. Right. I love that you mentioned that because a lot of people don't think about it in that sense. They just like, I don't even, like, you. I wouldn't have thought of that if you wouldn't have said that right now. Um, like, you're still technically having a rest day for only part of your body when you're not working it. It's like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like you said, it's like your back and buys rest day for another few days until you actually work that muscle group again. Because, yeah, you may be, like, sometimes using them just a little bit when you're working another muscle group, but you're not actually actively working and, like, using weights on those muscles, they're still recovering, even though you're in the gym and you're, and you're there, <laughs> they're still yeah. recovering not working them, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's where I want to move into, like, like I said, if you're fueling your body properly and getting the proper nutrition for your workouts and, um, being able to get your muscles to build back up, because if you're not fueling your body properly, your, your body's not going to have anything to run off of. It's energy. you like, yeah. I and if you listen to my podcast, you know, I've said this before. Um, if you don't put any gas in your car, you're not going to go anywhere. I think for me personally, I love doing like half a banana and peanut butter. That's like my go-to. Um, but you do need to be making sure you are eating something, whether it's like dried fruit, um, a cheese stick, uh, a cup of like fruit, even like that's super easy to bring with you. Yeah. And Nuts even, um, not a whole lot. I know that if you eat a too much fat before a workout, it could be kind of heavy on your stomach. Um, so something that's going to be super light, I wouldn't recommend anything like 
like my oatmeal bowls I post on my Instagram, like I wouldn't recommend all of that. It might be a little too heavy, uh, like a big bowl of oatmeal, with, like fruit and peanut butter, <laughs> and, like all that. All that. <laughs> you that after though. <laughs> Go for it after. Oh yeah, all day. Yeah. So, what's your like go-to pre-workout snack? Honestly, um, if you've taken a look at my Instagram, every you, it's covered in bagels. I make giant bagels, but I always cut them in half and they, they keep really easily and they're really easy to um, take as a to-go food. So I'll make a bagel and it'll have fruit in it. It'll have Greek yogurt in it, whatever. And that is honestly my go-to to have something light, but it fills me up. I'm comfortably full. I'm satisfied. I don't think about food during my workout. Um, I'll take a protein bar. Protein bars are not just for post-workout. You can eat a protein bar any time of the day, honestly. So I'll have a protein bar. Um, I've heard really good things about oranges. Um, I don't know what the like exact research behind it is, but supposedly if you eat an orange before you work out, you'll be less sore. Um, so go for like some citrus fruit. Really just carbs are key because it's the preferred source of fuel for your body. Definitely. Yeah, definitely carbs before, um, cause you're going to burn them off too. Like your carbs break it down into glucose and glucose burns off during your workout so quickly. So that's why you need to be able to have that extra source. Cause a lot of people I know, I always say have like a breakfast, a snack, a lunch, a snack and a dinner. Like that's just kind of like a very basic layout of like my day. Yeah but that doesn't include your pre and post workout. Cause you need that extra fuel for your workout. So if you're going to work out too, like add in that half a banana and peanut butter or something or whatever, hundred percent. Yeah. Like half, half protein bar or whatever. Um, moving into during your workout, this varies upon how long you're working out. So it's more specifically towards runners. In my opinion, if you're going on like a super long run, that's mm-hmm. longer than 45 minutes, you need to be carrying like gummies or like those, um, gel, like little, I wish you guys could like see fructose, glucose packet things. Yeah. There's like the, yeah, the yeah. little packet things. <laughs> I know. Cause if you try to go, if you try to go on like a two hour run, right. If you're running like, I don't know, like 10 miles, I don't crazy. I don't run that far. Yeah. <laughs> me either. You and me both. <laughs> some, some of you might, but I don't run that far. But if you are going that far, you need to be fueling yourself every 45 minutes, especially on a run. Cause you are burning so much energy on a run. And you're going to run out of fuel. Like you've got to keep giving yourself some glucose to run off of. So that's why it's just something small that you can carry with you. I'm not asking you to carry a thing of avocado toast with you, like <laughs> you just like gummies or something that you can put in your pocket or the little fanny pack or something and making sure you are drinking water throughout your workout. I can't stress this enough. Water, water, water. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're running, whether you're weight training, whether you're on the elliptical the entire time, water, because you are sweating and you will get dehydrated if you don't drink water. Um, this is definitely on top of your daily intake. I know I always tell mm-hmm. people drink half of your body weight in ounces. That does not include your water that you're consuming during your workout. That should be completely separate and completely added on. Um, so yeah, do you have anything else to say about what they should be doing do- during their workout? No, that was perfect, especially about the water. I get onto my clients all the time. If they show up to our session and I don't see a water bottle or some source of liquid in their hands, I will get onto them and say, where is your water? Yeah. And um, I've made this mistake too many times. It's better to pack too much food 
to your workout than not enough food because if you find yourself hangry or getting way too hungry during your workout, what are you going to do as soon as you get home? You are going to eat the entire house and then you're going to have that little feeling of guilt like, oh, why did I eat this? I just worked out. I ruined my workout. No, 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 no. It's better to just take, I don't care, three different protein bars or just throw that little extra banana in your bag. You're going to like thank yourself later even if you don't touch it, so what? But it's still better than going halfway through your workout and realizing you're starving. For sure. And y'all, we're telling you this for safety purposes as well, because last thing you want to be doing is like an overhead squat with like, I don't know how much weight you have on it and you get lightheaded because you haven't eaten anything and just like completely collapse with it. Like that's like, we're trying to prevent uh, injuries here too. Like (laughs) make sure you have like enough energy to be able to lift the weights that you're lifting and like just prevent everything at all costs just just eat it like just do something get energy um because the last thing we want is for anyone to be getting hurt or passing out or getting lightheaded during a session because that's scary like that's something that i know trainers don't want to have to deal with because that's like no for y'all um gym owners don't have to deal with it and you personally (laughs) have to deal with it so eat eat your pre-workout if you're working out for longer than 45 minutes bring a snack for during your workout Mm -hmm. make sure you're drinking water and then after we want to be eating after as well because we want to replenish those muscles because like we've said before when you're doing weight training and stuff you're breaking down those muscle fibers so therefore we want to fill it back up with like amino acids and proteins and all that good stuff so protein shake is really good or a protein bar is really good um boiled eggs if you if you have like chicken and broccoli or something like that if you're going to have like a full meal after make sure you're getting proteins and carbs or even protein pancakes are fun to make. Um, I love doing that. And then I know that we both love chocolate milk. That's love. like, yeah, it's one of my go-tos for after workout because it's super easy too. It's, there's no thought to it. It's very, mm-hmm. it's very, um, oh, like you just work up and you're done. You don't have to really think about it at all. So I know this is a controversial topic with some people, but we're a fan of fair life. <laughs> We've talked I about so love. Do what? Of course, like, we don't agree, of course, with everything, you know, that's come to light. We're not oh, yeah. supporting that in any means, but what we are supporting is the feeling of our bodies and just the quality of ingredients is all we're saying, guys. Exactly. So do you want to explain a little bit why we love Fairy Life so much and the importance of the carbs and proteins for after a workout? Yes. So chocolate milk in particular has a three to one carb to protein ratio. Um, for every one gram of protein, there are three grams of carbs. And this scientifically backed it is what your body craves after a workout. I mean, truly, you can attest to this, but when you drink chocolate milk after a workout, it is so refreshing in the weirdest way. Like you just immediately feel so much better. Like you feel like completely recovered. It's just like, and you can eat a meal on top of that. Like Chocolate milk alone is not just your post-workout meal. You can have that first, and then, say, 45 minutes later, you have your big meal. Like you said, your pancakes, your chicken and broccoli, you know, whatever you have. It's, it's like, a necessity. Right. No, exactly. I tend to, like, the first thing whenever, like, because I've been working out of my house right now, so it's super easy to, to not forget your post-workout meal because your kitchen mm-hmm. is just right downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so I tend to just go downstairs and pour a cup of Fairlife milk and then, like, depending on the day that I, I work out for some reason, I've been working out in the afternoon recently. So normally I like 
pour a cup of Fairlife milk and drink that while I'm cooking dinner. And then I have my dinner within like the next hour or so. And so like, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Cause you want to be, make sure you're getting something into your system within 30 to 60 minutes after your workout. I mean, you definitely have some time to get home and grab something. It's not like you're rushing to the store, Yeah, (laughs) but you definitely have some time to get it in. But that's like prime time is 30 to 60 minutes after your workout, get something in. That's like you said, three to one with carbs and protein. Um, that's key for after a workout. Definitely. Um, something I've been doing recently that I really like, if you don't have chocolate milk at your house, um, I've been taking vanilla whey protein, mixing it up in my blender bottle with regular milk. I drink fat-free milk, um, and then pouring it over cereal. Oh my gosh. It is so good. It like takes your cereal to the next level. And I've just been doing the, they're just like sugar-free Cheerios, like plain Cheerios, basically they're called toasted O's. But so that's carb right there. And then of course the protein in the whey powder, the protein in the milk, it is like a game changer. Wow. I never even thought about doing that because I use milk and um, vital proteins, vanilla collagen um, protein in my oats in the morning, like mixed yeah. together. But I don't know why I've never even thought about doing that with like cereal. It's so good. It is like unreal. Like it doesn't sound like it would be that good, but oh my God, it is so good. That sounds good. Cause especially since like the Cheerios aren't sweet in themselves, you have that sweetness from the vanilla protein powder and like in it, exactly. I bet that's really good. I'll have to try that. Now that we've told you guys how to fuel your body properly, we're just kind of going to touch a little bit on, um, how we, you guys need to be patient. <laughs> yes, please say time. that again. Yeah. Be patient. Um, good things take time. And this is something you, again, I've repeated, I have, I've got like these little sayings that I just need to like trademark or something, but I like say them all the time, <laughs> but good things take time, especially in the gym and like in a whole wellness, fitness lifestyle, good things take time. So don't expect to go to the gym for a month and see your results that you've been searching for. Like, I, I like to say this, like a lot of people that have put on a lot of weight or something and they come to me and they ask, like, I want to lose weight in two months or so. And I'm like, well, did you gain all that weight in two months? And they're like, well, no, I've been getting weight for a couple of years. And I'm like, so why do you expect to get it off in two months if it took two years to get it on? And I'm like, you've got to think of the timeline. Um, it like nothing, nothing good takes, like, it just doesn't happen. Like you've got to give it time to actually work and see the progress and watch your body transform. Exactly. Truer words have never been said. (laughs) Found out slowly, but surely, you know, a lot of cliches are cliches for a reason because they're true and we all know what you're talking about. So yeah, you definitely have to be patient. It takes, I tell my clients a minimum of 90 days to see any kind of results. Like a lot of the times you'll see little results faster than that, but I just, I give them a longer timeline just to make sure. Um, but I mean, it's more than just the scale. Um, it's more than just watching those pounds go down because what is your body made of? It's not just what is weight, you know, it's muscle, it's your skeletal muscle mass. It's your fat mass, it's your organs. It's how much water. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so much water. Um, So I tell my clients, I'm like, I do not want you to get on the scale. I want you to, um, well, I do this for them. That's the joy of having a personal trainer. But I write down how much weight they've moved. You know, I keep track of how much we're curling, how much we're squatting, how much you're benching. But you don't have to have a trainer to write that stuff down for you. You can totally get a journal. 
yeah, get a little journal, go to wherever, Staples or Walmart or Target and pick out the cutest darn journal you can find. Treat yourself and make that your weightlifting journal and just start like jotting down how much you're squatting on day one and then take a look at it on day 36. That's what progress looks like. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to get a journal either. Like notes app on your phone. Like you'll know. Hello. Yes. You'll always (laughs) have it. You won't forget it at home. But that's like another way of just like measuring progress. So many people think of progress by just being on the scale. And if you're in the gym and you're lifting weights and you're like really going at it and you want to build muscle, the scale most likely isn't going to move a lot because you're building muscle. And we've talked about this before. Muscle weighs way more than fat. So it's all about body composition. Don't focus on the scale. Don't focus on BMI. Yeah, no. <laughs> don't yeah, that, yeah, BM- yeah, BMI is the worst. I'm pretty sure it says I'm obese. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, no. I tell my clients, like, do not look at BMI because I use the analogy of a football player. Okay, so if you have, like, this big, huge athletic football player, like, he's clearly ripped. His BMI is going to tell him he is morbidly obese. Exactly. He's clearly not morbidly obese, and neither are you. Like, <laughs> and that, exactly. And I tell some people are like, my BMI says this, and it's like BMI is BS. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, it literally means nothing because it does not take into account what part of your body is fat and what part of your body is muscle and the skeleton and like all that stuff, like bone density and everything like that. Like, it plays a role in it. So just like by seeing one number on the scale or one like category on the BMI scale does not define you. So there's so many different ways of measuring progress. Like you said, with your friend or one of your clients that was lifting the chicken um, feed, like that's yeah. progress. She sees exactly. that she's making it easier to feed her chickens. Like that's 100% progress and that's a step in the right direction. And she should be so proud of that. And I don't think people realize that those little things throughout their fitness journey, so to say, are such small little wins just on their way to the biggest win ever. And I mean, I think that's amazing because that's the way I like to work with my clients too. Like I say this all the time. So many people like to set these big monstrous goals and they take this huge leap to try and get there. And then they end up missing it by like just a little bit and get super discouraged. But if you create these like little wins, like, oh, I'd like to do this on this day or this on this day, like I want to hit, like you said, 115 pound squat or something versus being like, oh, I want to be able to squat 300. It's like, okay, baby steps. <laughs> right. Yeah. Small steps, small steps. Yeah. For exactly. sure. Like, stay motivated, stay encouraged, baby steps, small goals, and you'll eventually get to where you want to be. hundred percent. Yeah. So I think that's all. I think we covered everything that we wanted to talk about. Um, do you have anything else or did we, did we get it? I think that really covers it. I think we covered a lot. A lot yeah, we stuff. did. I think, I hope this was really helpful to you guys because I just know I've been getting so many questions about beginners and weight training, especially being stuck at home and COVID and stuff. Um, So this was super helpful, but I do like to ask all of my guests on the podcast, three fun questions just to like help the listeners get to know you a little bit more. So the first one is what's your favorite food? Of course, because this is a nutrition podcast. (laughs) Ooh, Okay. Um, I would have to say sushi, but I'm really not picky. So I really love everything, but sushi would be, definitely my favorite right what's your favorite role or like what's your favorite like combination role gosh that I couldn't something spicy anything spicy spicy tuna or something yes like spicy tuna especially there's like jalapeno popped on there I always ask for extra wasabi that was like my one you're like really spicy (laughs) like really spicy like almost unbearable spicy yeah like I'm a huge sriracha fan but I don't the whole wasabi I don't I don't love that Well, if we ever go get sushi, I'll take your extra without me. <laughs> okay. You can totally have it. 
All right. My next question is what's your favorite form of exercise? I know it's obviously weight training or something. So, um, why don't we get more specific with you? What's your favorite muscle group to work? Oh, I love deadlifting. Deadlifting is my new love. Um, because I feel my strongest. It's so much fun thinking, oh my gosh, I moved more than my body weight. And it's really like an empowering feeling to to deadlift. So if anyone's never deadlift, deadlifted before, I would highly recommend going into the gym, asking for some pointers, watch some YouTube videos and start deadlifting. It'll change your life. No. Yeah. I definitely agree with that because I used to be terrified of weights. And when I started going down to the gym with um, my trainer, I rebalanced she's like making me deadlift and stuff at first. And it is, it's so empowering. You're just like, whoa, like, yeah, lifting this much weight, like, holy crap. And also, I don't think a lot of people realize deadlift it's, it's a workout or like that works your entire body. Like every single muscle group is pretty much contracted and working during a deadlift. So it's an insanely good workout. So I completely understand it and can agree with you on that one. They're really fun to do. So much fun. Yeah. It's like funny to say that like, oh, throwing these heavy weights around is fun, but it is, trust us. Yeah, it really is. And it's like a competition within yourself. You're like, oh, okay, I got this today. Like next week I'll totally beat myself. Like, okay, I can do that. It's like, yeah, try to one up yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my last and final question is what keeps you motivated to do what you do and like train your clients and just be inspirational to other people the way that you are? This is a good question. Um, probably for me, it's knowing that there is a higher quality of life to be lived through nourishing and honoring your body. And I, as, again, as cliche as that sounds, it's, it's really true that we can always shoot for a higher quality of life. And it's about feeling good and being your best self. And I want to be a good example for my clients. You know, I want to give them something to shoot for. And I guess maybe as, um, like, Uh, narcissistic as it sounds like I want someone to look up to me and so I want to be like that for them just like I have people in my life that I look up to I have influencers and food bloggers that oh I want to lift as much as they lift one day and so I just think that it's a a constant chain of you know someone's always looking up to someone else and I want to be that someone for for someone else yeah, you want to be a role model in other people's lives. I don't think that's narcissistic at all. I think that's like a answer. <laughs> I think it's great. I mean, you always want to help encourage people. And if by showing and doing what you do, you you can make a small improvement in someone else's life, like it's totally worth it. A hundred percent. Okay. So I think we've covered it all. We've gone through our questions. Now I just want to give you a little chance to kind of plug yourself, tell everyone listening where they can find you, like your Instagram, if you have a website, if they want to work with you, if they want to work out with you or anything, let's just give it all to them. And I'll put it all in the show notes too. So you guys can just click on the links and go straight to all of her accounts and stuff and give her a follow. So I'll let you tell them. Okay, awesome. So you can find me um, on Pursue Good Food. It's uh, through Instagram. Uh, my email is linked there. Uh, you can DM me and I will help personalize macros for you. Also, I offer four, eight, and 12-week workout plans. And the content I post is really just me trying to normalize a realistic version of healthy eating. Um, so it's not just hummus and gluten-free tortilla wraps. It is stuff that we all really like to eat every day. Um, and you can totally reach out to me for any questions you might have. And I personally train at a gym called Fit for Life All-American in Fayetteville, North Carolina. All right. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on and tackling this topic with me. Um, I think this was super informative and I, you were definitely the perfect person to go over this. So thank you so much. Oh, oh thank you. I really enjoyed being on. Of course. And thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to y'all next Wednesday. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all and appreciate your support so much. I'll be uploading a new episode every Wednesday, so make sure you subscribe and share with your friends. Follow my Instagram and TikTok at Nutrition by Lex for more information and health inspiration.